So I took April off of social media. I have been wanting to hear the results of the, this fast. This grand experiment, yeah. right? Um, I came back on the other day um, when May started. And I've learned one lesson. Okay. I don't care about anybody's lives anymore. <laughs> I don't care what people share on Instagram. I spent 12 seconds scrolling on Instagram when I logged back in and said, I don't care about you. 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 <laughs> the meaningless drivel mm. that we put on social media is mind boggling. So like this is a, a, a 12 year run I had. God, has Instagram been around 12 years? Well, Instagram hasn't, but Facebook. Facebook, okay. So I've been on Facebook since I was 16. Yeah. And now I I don't care. Which do you think, like, do you find yourself wanting to have any of it anymore? You're over all of it. I'm over all of it. I'm annoyed with Twitter. I was about to say, I did myself, and I I haven't fasted. I know. But I got on Twitter the other day, and I was like, why am I here? And it's one of those things that's like, it's, it's part of my personality to like, collect and archive and like I, I, I don't know keep an unbroken streak mm-hmm. now that I've intentionally broken the streak I have no will to continue did you ever know okay Jess from Gilmore Girls uh-huh. the real person yeah Milo whatever Ventimiglia so he now until obviously he got his big gig on This Is Us and I do think he's back on Instagram now but for a while he like had posted to Instagram and I guess he's kind of an amateur photographer oh, very yeah. artistic sure. whatever mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah well he posted like three or four years ago I was like finished like That's like it. he had yeah like <laughs> he had filled up his grids like he was done and he like even even the whole first season of This Is Us, he never posted. He was like, no, I think I've said what I have to say on that medium. Yeah. And I do understand that. Because, like, otherwise it's never ending. No. And I think it's a, like, I missed a month of, of like, internet inside jokes. So you can't catch up. I can't catch up. And I don't care to. Yeah. No, you don't. And so <laughs> I think I'm clean. So what will you do? Do you think, like, are they on your phone? <laughs> Guess you'll write that dissertation. Um, I don't have any of the bookmarks on my computer. Okay. I have Instagram and Twitter on my phone, mm-hmm. which I haven't had Twitter on my phone in like a year because mm-hmm. um, that was how I weaned myself off of that, but I was still on it on my computer all the time. Um, so they're on my phone, but I have like no desire to open them. I, and when I do, it's like I get that. 10 seconds. Because so... F- Twitter, for whatever reason, so I deleted Twitter from my phone, Mm -hmm. but I, of course, cheat and access it through the internet on my phone. Uh So, (laughs) been there. Right. So, but we went on vacation and there were just several spots in the middle of nowhere in the South that didn't have service or whatever. So I wasn't really on Twitter. Then I was at a bachelorette party this weekend. So, whatever. I got on Twitter probably two days ago and all of this stuff was about the. White House Correspondence Dinner. Yeah, and I was like... I don't even know what that I is. <laughs> I saw tweets about that, and I was like, I don't want to know. I, that's what I did. I started scrolling, and I was like... And people were outraged. Yeah. And I was like, I don't care. Like, because honestly, there are also way bigger problems in the world sure. than the Correspondence Dinner. So I was like... I scrolled for a few minutes, and it was so overwhelming to me, but like not overwhelming enough that I was like, let me Google this and find out what right. happened. It was same. like, mm, I'm not, I don't care. I had the exact same reaction. So I understand. Yeah. And I know this is coming from a position of immense privilege, but like 
not having to hear about the news yeah. for a month was amazing. Or, I mean, you could, and there are other ways to choose how to get that news, True. right? Which yep. is also privileged. Mm-hmm. But, like, I listen to the daily. I read, I read the skim. Right. So what do you really need on Twitter? Just commentary? Because I'm about commentaried jokes. out. I thought it was the jokes that were keeping me sane. Turns out. <laughs> they were making you they were worse. They making it worse. So um, I don't know. Well, but I don't know. I'm in this. What will you use social media for? Or will you use it? Cat pics. I was going to say, are you going to post Which, things? I mean, that's all I use it for anyway. Yeah, it's not like you were some prolific No, Instagrammer. usually like a vacation and cat pictures and that's it. Yeah. But I just went on this vacation and... Didn't photograph a thing and you survived. I did. <laughs> it was okay. Yeah, I lived it. I also then got on and deleted 150 people that I was following. That makes sense because the scrolling, especially the scrolling with no... Endless. Well, and with no really useful algorithm anymore yeah i don't even oh that's the thing i'm like what why am i seeing these instead of these like i mean i i logged back in and the first thing i saw was like 10 or 15 people that i haven't spoken to in five years and i was like why do i even still follow this person but i don't care yeah i don't care and so i halved my friends list it was just like well that's a spoiler for a movie that came out last week so maybe (laughs) not maybe not I'm Hold just, that thought. I'm just saying it, it felt like a lot. It felt a lot like the Avengers. Oh, Jordan wants all that. I haven't seen it yet. It's pretty good. Welcome to episode 169 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jansen, and I am over it. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. Well, it's another month to cross off our calendars. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody says that May is the December of the spring. Which I think is does everybody say that? May or is I, the December of our spring. This is, is that like this is what I mean? Like the it's winter super, of our discontent. It's super busy. Okay. But for me, April was that. So I think sure. May. What people mean is graduations, end of school year, yeah. weddings, weddings. All of that is happening. I'm just looking at the calendar, trying to find the next available free spot. Right. And it's the last week in May. I'm just trying I, to make it. I'm not going to a wedding this month. <laughs> I did think of you because I'm 32, mm-hmm. and I just went to my first bachelorette. Look at you. And I thought, Chris Jensen does this kind of crap all the time. Like like every other week, I'm at somebody's <laughs> you're, wedding. You're gone to a wedding. I don't know how many weddings between you and Kelsey, the two of you, have been to in the past two years, but oh. cool. Every wedding Kelsey's been to, minus one, has been with me. So like, yeah, we've been to, Are been you to a just lot of that weddings. popular, or do no. you just get invited to I just everybody's get in- Invited to a lot of weddings. Are you like the people who fill in the seats at the Oscars? Yeah. Are you a filler That's seat? That's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly me. Ugh, uh, I don't know. Oh. Oh, that's that's the phone. I forgot. We're just going to leave that. I forgot. We're upstairs recording, mm-hmm. and now there's a phone up here. There is a phone. we got to remember to silence that before we start recording, but like, we're going to leave that Sorry, everyone. Welcome that's, to the bookshelf. Uh, that's, um, what do you call it? True to life. Soup's profesh. Yeah, that's it. This is documentary-style podcasting. Um, Annie, what did you read this month? Okay, I actually read a lot of things. Good. And 
the list isn't even as long as the things I felt like I read. Because mm-hmm. I got one book I'm saving for, did not finish. Good. And I've got two books that I'm like right in the middle of and I'm going to finish here in the first Good. couple of days of May. So um, I think I read quite a bit. I think part of that is because I went on a vacation of sorts. Okay. I say of sorts because I feel like the term vacation brings yeah. to mind like tropical locales. Right. And not necessarily middle of nowhere Alabama. Uh-huh. Uh, but because we were driving back roads and, you know, meandering through the South, I did get a lot of reading done. Good. So I, th- I read quite a few. So the first thing on your list here is a book called Look Alive Out There. Yes. I like Sloane Crosley. We've talked about her on the podcast mm-hmm. before because a couple years ago she wrote her first novel called The, the Clasp. Clasp, which was pretty good. Um, one of those books that I maybe didn't love love, but I, I really enjoyed it. it. Yeah. Um, and then I also have read, I was told there'd be cake. I mm-hmm. think whoever is writing her titles, I don't know if it's her or an editor, but they're doing a fantastic yeah. big job. Um, it's a great cover too. It's a really good cover. And I like birds. Is it, is it a spoiler? When is this, when does this go live? Tomorrow. All right, so this was a shelf subscription pick, not for me, uh-huh. but for Kelsey, Kelsey. Um, who is kind of filling this void of essays and short story collections. Mm-hmm. So this is an essay collection by Sloane Crosley, came out um, mid last month, I guess, and it's really funny. Yeah. I found myself laughing out loud in parts. There is a story, an essay in there that I didn't love, um, but I didn't love it only because I'm... <laughs> I've read a lot of books and stories lately with a lot of explicit things, mm-hmm. and I think I'm just done. Like, yeah. I just need, like, like a minute with no nudity. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> like, so there was, one, um, there was one essay in there about her uncle, who happens to be, like, a famous porn star from the 70s. Oh, okay. And she writes it, like, the closing paragraph of that essay is really lovely and meaningful but it's the rest of it's very explicit yeah by its nature it's just explicit (laughs) and i think by the end i was like whoo i just need this to stop like just too much but i didn't hear about that one the one that i heard about was like the the neighbor kid and like the lights like that one sounds so funny so that was the first essay in this collection and that's the one we listened to Mm -hmm. so we listened to this as part of stitches and stories oh my um now i that could have gone awry oh it could have gone so bad well and at one point there is a very explicit, vulgar word oh, that yeah. I do I not remember like. that part. <laughs> I do not like to use. And we're just sitting in our knitting circle, and the it says <laughs> it. And I'm looking around like I'm flinching. Mm-hmm. No one else seemed to react. <laughs> but so, I mean, I really enjoyed this. If you like Sloane Crosley, it's more of the same. Mm-hmm. I do think she has matured as a writer. Like, her stories have this really wonderful rise and fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and her, her conclusions to me, always hit the mark. Um, there's also a really great essay in here about she was a travel writer and she was assigned to like climb this mountain in I'm not quite sure where, but it's not Everest, but to her it felt like Everest because uh-huh. she did no training, right. nothing, and she just showed up and got violently ill. Oh. Um, and so that's a really great essay. And then the final essay of the collection, just as someone of my age and my uh, place in life really made an impact. And she talks about fertility mm. and she talks about, um, this decision she's making, whether to freeze her eggs. Gotcha. And yeah. so I found that to be fascinating mm-hmm. and I, it really resonated with me. And so I recommend look alive out there. I think it'd make a great graduation gift yeah. for like college graduates, um, millennial women 
I, your young aspiring writers yeah, out there. Because exactly. It's all just like anecdotes from her life that she's kind of thinking that, about. And that she has clearly crafted. Right. And what's great about that first essay about her neighbor, her awful, awful neighbor, is you know, because she references it in the essay, that she kept like a notebook by her bed mm-hmm. to record like when her neighbor drove her nuts. And I thought, this is someone who truly is always working on her craft. Mm-hmm. Like everything is a story to Everything her. is a story. Everything's material. Yeah. Which is great. The other one I heard about that I really liked was the... One where her other neighbor dies. Yes. And she goes to <laughs> sit Shiva and <laughs> some things go wrong. Yes. So if you're curious about that one. Oh, it's so um, funny. If that piques your interest, definitely check out this book. And here's the great thing. As an essay collection, each of these is entirely mm-hmm. standalone. And that's what's great about essay collections. Yeah. So I read the whole thing mostly because I like Sloan Crosley and because I have issues with not finishing things. Mm-hmm. So I read the whole thing. But had I really tired of that middle essay mm-hmm. on her uncle, I could have just quit it. and moved on to the next yep. one. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. So this is a great pick up, put down kind of book. And if you're that kind of reader who likes to pick up and put down and just read some short narratives, maybe Kelsey's shelf subscription yeah. is something you might be interested in. Absolutely. Um, highly recommend that. The next book you read is called Limelight. Okay. This is a book that I think as of this recording is going to be out. I think it came out May 1st. It might be May 8th. Um, You'll put it in the show notes. I will. Uh, But it's Limelight by Amy Popel. Listen to this and tell me if it sounds good to you. Okay. Okay. Are you interested in musical theater? Sure. Are you interested in a suburban family moving to a small apartment in New York City? Sure. Are you interested in Justin Bieber? Sure. Okay. Well, then Limelight is for you. What an odd conglomeration What I of really things. want it to be, though, is only Justin Bieber speaking Spanish in Despacito. Oh, well, no. This isn't a Spanish-speaking... Okay. This isn't well, a uh, Spanish-language book. I retract my interest. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm all over this book because it hits all of my check boxes. Like, I'm checking off all the boxes. Um... Basically, it's about this family who moves to New York City. I love a good dysfunctional family. Yes, you do. But also what I like is a family that likes each other. Yeah. So The Family Stone is a great example, Mm -hmm. great movie that I love. Uh, Those are people who are flawed, perhaps even unlikable, and yet they love each other. Mm -hmm. Okay. This family moves from Dallas, Texas. This is fiction. Moves from Dallas, Texas to a tiny apartment in New York City. Big move. Because the wife has always dreamt of moving to New York City. Like, she lived there, I think, post-college. Mm-hmm. And she really wanted her kids to get exper- to experience city life. And her husband gets a job there. So they all uproot their lives and move with varying degrees of success. So the husband loves it. The children struggle a little bit. But this family... I finished this book and thought, oh, I miss them. Like, they were just a lovely little family to spend their time. Like a more dysfunctional, loud uh, Paddington Bear family. Do you know what I mean? Like, just quirky, (laughs) artistic family. Okay. In the middle of all that, the mom, through a series of quirky and unfortunate events, uh, hits a car that belongs to the personal assistant of a Justin Bieber-type figure. Okay. She kind of meets the young man, I will not say befriends him, but takes him under her wing because he is preparing for his first ever Broadway musical Okay. Uh, to kind of prove that he is a serious artist. So you've also got this weird Broadway element tied in. Uh, Just good set dressing. Yeah, it's really good. And you can tell, I think Amy Papel, I think that's how you pronounce her name, she 
either acted on Broadway. Like, mm-hmm. she's got a tie to Broadway somehow. And so you can tell she's writing about it in a real way. Mm-hmm. This book is delightful. And we're entering now summer reading season. Right. This is a great summer read. Good. It's so good. You can see it on the beach. Yeah. It's totally fun. And the whole time I was like, Reese Witherspoon, buy this book. Oh. I need Reese to turn it into a movie. Okay. It's what she's... Hulu original, HBO yeah. original series. Just something fun. I can see that. Because, um, you know the new series, Rise? That no. I okay, I haven't watched it. It's on NBC. I don't think it's done very well. Mm-hmm. It's by the guy who did Parenthood and Friday Night Lights, though. Okay. Um, but it's about Broadway. I think it's trying to do things and maybe not doing them well. or yeah. I'm not quite sure. I watched one episode. But I think this could be more fun and lighthearted. Rise feels heavy. Gotcha. Um, so, Limelight. Oh, you know what? I think my parents were talking about that. And my dad said something about, like... Being like fame. Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay. It is. Interesting. It's with uh, Josh Radner. Now I know. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. he said it was the guy from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Okay, got it. Now I'm now I'm following. Um, next one you read was The Mockingbird Next Door, which is about Harper Lee, right? Yeah, so I read this because we went to Monroeville for mm-hmm. vacation um, to see To Kill a Mockingbird performed. The town puts on a production of it every spring. Okay. And it's been on my bucket list of things I wanted to do. They perform it at the courthouse. Um, mm-hmm. So... Anyway, so we went. It was delightful and as wonderful as you can imagine. Uh, I will put a plug here that Jordan and I were sitting in the audience. You start off outside the courthouse, like um, in an outside production, and then they move you into the courthouse for Act 2. Okay. And we looked around, and aside from like an English class, like that a great English teacher had clearly brought her class to see, we were the only, pretty much only non-white-haired folks in the crowd. Uh. I just want to put a plug in to my fellow 20, 30, 40-somethings, even 50-somethings, if we don't attend things like this... They will go away. They will die. So, this is my plug that go ahead and buy your tickets for next spring, because I think they sell out, like, all the time. But get your tickets to something like To Kill a Mockingbird in Monroeville, or your local theater productions, something. Because I was looking around thinking, oh no, this is this will end. Like, this will go away. Um... If nerds like me and Jordan are the only people going to them, and it was a it was a full house, it was just an older crowd. Yeah. Um, you should support community theater and things like that. Sometimes because they're good, sometimes because they're terrible. That's right. And that's more interesting. Yeah. There's a great episode of This American Life about that. Did I listen to that? Probably. It's about the like Peter Pan production. Yeah. I will link to it in the show notes. It is so worth yeah. listening to. Yes. Like just support it because your community is doing it. Yep. And let me tell you, Monroeville isn't. Well, I don't know. I don't live in Monroeville, but from an outsider's perspective, mm-hmm. this isn't um this is a town that could use your love and support. Yeah. So, okay, that being said, I picked up The Mockingbird Next Door, which is a book we have carried. Yep. Uh, but I do when I travel try to pick up souvenir type books. So, I picked this one up because I'd never read it, and it's all about Harper Lee in her adult life, particularly in her latter years. Um, this Chicago Tribune reporter how do you pronounce, do you think, M-A-R-J-A? Marja? Maria? Maria. Maria Mills is a Chicago Tribune reporter. She heads to Monroeville to not interview Harper Lee, because Harper Lee doesn't grant interviews. Right. Um, but she heads down there. This is probably 2008, I think, because Chicago is has picked To Kill a Mockingbird as their one read. Oh. And it was their first ever one. Oh, my. And so she was just kind of doing a deep dive reporting mm-hmm. story on Monroeville and To Kill a Mockingbird. In the process, she does meet Alice Lee, who, guys, Harper Lee is fantastic. 
Alice is a treasure. <laughs> National treasure. I I saw her interviewed in Hey Boo, this yep. fantastic documentary. I I love her. I love her voice. She's oh, precious. Her voice is something. Her precious. She is precious to me. Um, so. Alice Lee kind of befriends Maria Mills and convinces, I think, Harper Lee that she's trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maria Mills has lupus. Okay. She writes the article. She gets it published. But fatigue kind of sets her back, and she has to take some time off from her work at the Chicago Tribune. So she moves to Monroeville for 18 months and oh lives next door to Nell Harper Lee and Alice Lee. Wow. And then she writes this book with their permission. Right. Now... We could go down a rabbit trail. We could devote an entire episode of this podcast to Harper Lee. And I know you were off social media. maybe we could. I know you were off social media. But I got thoughts. Because Sarah Koenig from Serial needs uh to develop a deep, mm, true crime look at Harper Lee's attorney, Tanya Carter. Okay. And what has gone on with Harper Lee's estate, Uh Harper Lee's book, Go set a watchman, which unpopular opinion I really enjoyed. Right. And uh, like I want I want a discussion Better, on all of it. Let's resurrect Truman Capote from the grave and have him write this book. Look, I also got thoughts on Truman because poor Truman gets a shaft he in really Monroeville. Does, yeah. Uh because there's very little now let me tell you what's super disappointing. You take I took the walking tour, meaning the self-guided walking tour, Jordan and I did, as we walk around Monroeville, which has not all been preserved like, say, Thomasville has. Right. And so Harper Lee's childhood home has long been torn down and is like a milkshake shack. Oh. Which I did buy a milkshake in her honor, but sure. soup's depressing. <laughs> um, I say all that to say, if you are interested in Harper Lee's story, I really do like The Mockingbird Next Door. I do not think that it is voyeuristic. I think it was respectfully done. Good. Alice Lee gave her explicit permission for this. So did Harper Lee. In her latter years, when the book was published, Harper Lee did put out an awful statement saying she did not submit to this. Mm. She did not give permission to this author. Alice quickly followed by saying that Harper is deaf and blind and doesn't know what she's signing, and I did not know she was releasing that statement. It is not true. So I'm going to trust that Maria Mills really did do this respectfully and well. It is well-researched, fascinating look at Harper Lee and Alice Lee and their adult, like their latter years. Interesting. It is. I could talk about it forever. Truly, truly Mm -hmm. forever. It's like my, you know, we were talking about conspiracy theories the other day. Yeah. I have, like, I got so many thoughts. I think we should do a spinoff episode. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Um, next one you read is Social Creature, which I am not anymore, apparently. <laughs> Look, this book is creepy. I read Social Creature because I think Tyler Goodson from Avid Bookshop posted about it. Uh-huh. It's a galley that's been going around and gotten a lot of raves. I think it comes out in July. Okay. Maybe, no, it comes out in June. Um I read it, and at first was like, I don't know about this. It's about two young women who are best friends. Almost like Gossip Girl-esque okay. feeling, but guys, so dark. <laughs> and so I was reading, and I couldn't tell if I liked the writing style. Like, it was very original, mm-hmm. but I wasn't sure I was here for it. And then, of course, about page 20, you find out one of the friends has died. Okay. And you, the rest of the book is kind of flashing back and figuring out how she died. So like, And it just lays it out there like... But Lavinia died. Like you, so you're kind of like, uh oh, what happened? Oh, no. Um, it is, oof, it's so dark. Think Tangerine, uh-huh. 
but set in New York City, which okay. is why you've got the Gossip Girl element. Weirdly, I also think some Black Swan stuff going on. I don't okay. know if that's the cover that I'm because of, I don't know if that's because of the cover. Um, but one friend is like very wealthy, well off. She kind of takes this lesser friend under her wing. Mm-hmm. But we've also got some single white female thing happening here, like where the Oh god. One it's, friend is trying to become the other friend? Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's so Where her has a digital skin suit. It's so not that far. Okay. But it's so dark. And I don't want to spoil it because there are some things I could talk about, but it would require spoiling it. Um but the death that occurs is not it's not an innocent like she has to like die of a heart attack or something. Gotcha. <laughs> like dark things are happening here. Um I really I did like it. Like, I think I gave it four Mm -hmm. stars on my Instagram reviews or something. I really enjoyed this one, but it is, there was one chapter speaking of that chapter in Sloan Crosley's book. Like there's one chapter in social creature that I was like, Oh my God, like (laughs) just don't know about this. So, um, if you like any of those things I mentioned, if you like gossip girl, if you like the black swan, single white female, intense female friendships, a little bit of gone girl, unreliable narrators, Mm -hmm. all of those things are all wrapped up in social creature on top of which this is a really original. I think despite kind of covering all of those bases, yeah, it still is somehow really original. Like I haven't read anything like it. Cool. So really different and good. Interesting. I'd be curious to hear listeners' thoughts on this one. I, yeah. I want somebody else. I, I tried to pawn it off on Kate, and Kate was like, that does not sound like me. And so Olivia, I think, is going to try to read it, because I'm so just curious. Like her, yeah. I just want somebody else to read it so I can talk to somebody about it. Yeah. So. Um, the next one is, I don't know, maybe inspired by our brief conversation last month or last week about James Comey. Um, <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay. So this one was a book I listened to mm-hmm. because Jordan and I, like I have mentioned, were traveling all these back roads and we decided to pick an audiobook that we would listen to together. Killers of the Flower Moon kind of fit the bill. It's been going around for a while. For a while because it's been on the bestseller list yeah. for ages. Um, we also started listening to the Golden State Killer book, mm-hmm. I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Yeah. So good. Can't wait okay, to talk about great. it next month. But I haven't finished yet. Killers of the Flower Moon is a look at the Osage Indian murders from the 1920s, like mm-hmm. early 1900s. Whew. It is... Look, first of all, this was an audiobook. So I think this book is fantastic. I did doze off a few times. Sure. Uh, because I am not... We're not auditory an learners. An auditory learner. And if the sun hits me and I am sitting in a car, I'm just going to fall asleep. Oh, sorry. <laughs> And we're driving down. There's nothing between between any of these towns we no. visited. There's nothing but farmland, if that. Um, the narration of this book, there are three narrators who cover kind of the three parts of mm-hmm. this story. The first narrator was difficult for me to listen to. But the second two narrators I thought were really great. And you've got kind of this murder mystery, like finding out who killed these um, Osage Indians. Um, But you've also got kind of a history of the FBI. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got a look at what had been the Wild West. Mm -hmm. So this is a part of the country I don't read a lot about. Um, I read a lot of Southern lit. I don't read a lot of Western lit. Um, I... Thoroughly enjoyed this one. Now, again, I fell asleep in parts, so I do think it's dry, but only a little bit. Like, mostly it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, And that's not really your genre. No. It reminded me a lot of 
Devil in the White City, mm-hmm. which is a totally different subject matter. But in terms of writing style, I like Eric Larson a lot. Now, his books are detail-heavy. I mean, he's writing about yeah. not historic nonfiction. So I remember Devil in the White City at times could feel a little dry, but the end result was worth it. Right. And that's how I feel about Killers of the Flower Moon. I, I think it's fantastic. Great if you're trying to fit that historic nonfiction, like if you're trying to do the reading yeah, yeah, challenge yeah. and you're yeah. looking for something different. Perfect for the reading challenge. I really enjoyed it. And it was fun to listen to with Jordan. And we, look, you and I have talked before. I, when I say this is an important book, what I mean is, mm-hmm. when's the last time you read a book about Native American Indians? Uh, I think probably when I was in high school. Yeah. Like I... I don't read books about that culture. And shame on me because we have done them a disservice. Uh, to, uh, to say the least. So, to so, say the very least. Yeah. So while I was listening, I think I was also just like, I cannot believe right. this was happening in the 1920s. Jordan was intrigued by it because there's a courtroom uh-huh. element. So there's, if you like true crime even, there's some of that in Killers of the Flower Moon. It's, it's fascinating and important and... Um, Hard to listen to at times, but really good. Yeah. Um, I'm very interested in that one. I'd like to listen to it if I get another trip coming up. Yeah. It's a good audiobook. Um, The last thing is the Sarah book. Okay. I picked up the Sarah book. This is a book I feel like I had seen on Instagram from a couple of people, and I thought, huh, that looks intriguing. Well, when we were at Square Books in Mm -hmm. Oxford... I picked it up and started reading it just to see if I would like it. And I think I read 15 pages and I was like, okay, I'm going to buy this. Um, <laughs> again, I haven't read, aside, maybe that's why Limelight stuck out to me this time. A lot of what I read this month was super dark. <laughs> mm. um, the Sarah book is about a separation. So it's about a marriage that is falling apart. And it's narrated by the alcoholic husband. Okay. This book clearly says it's fiction, but I'm about to go down on an internet deep dive because the author, I think, is Scott McCallahan, I want to say. And it clearly says fiction inside, but he dedicates it to someone named Julia. And Julia uh, is kind of mentioned at the end of the book in passing. And then his first wife's name is Sarah. And so I'm just curious, did Scott base this on truth, on reality, Hmm. or is this total fiction? Uh, The inside warning or whatever says, this is a work of fiction. Any, you know, that, you know, that disclaimer. I do, yeah. Um, This is a short book. I don't know if it's under 100 pages, but it's short. Okay. And it is all just, it's really dark because it's about this man who is an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and the very first scene is him choosing to get into a car with his children despite being drunk. And it's very intense. And it talks about the complete um, wreckage of his marriage. And so you see them kind of as a happy couple. Like he reminisces on how they met and how they fell in love. And then you just watch it all fall apart. Mm. If you're somebody who likes um, climactic moments in your literature um, or like a typical plot Mm -hmm. this isn't for you like this is the best way i know how to describe it is it's a snapshot of a marriage interesting um a failed marriage and yeah it's intense and deeply sad it reminded me of fates and furies Mm -hmm. or the book i read called a separation Mm -hmm. reminded me of that it reminded me a little bit of elizabeth strout in the in that the narrative wasn't didn't follow the typical pattern maybe we're used to Mm -hmm. um but I really liked it. The blurb on the front is by Roxane Gay. Cool. So that kind of sets the tone for you. Yeah. Like this wasn't going to, I knew this wasn't going to be light and yeah. breezy. Um, 
Also, this book takes place in West Virginia. So you kind of oh. get a hint at Appalachian culture. Sure. Some of that hillbilly elegy right. stuff plays a part. Um, he references Mountain Dew Mouth. And so I thought, okay, like, it, I don't know. It, it, it was a different type of book um, about a different place than I normally yeah. read about. So and that's important. Yeah. yeah. Which Killers of the Flower Moon, yeah. same thing. Different I feel like region. I hit, a, I feel like I read a wide range of literature this month. That's great. Um, yeah, because I read a lot more nonfiction than usual. So. Yeah, the South, Appalachia, the West. Yeah. New York. New York. I feel good about it. Good. So that's what I read. What, did you get to read anything this no. month? <laughs> I was gonna no, ask. I, I did feel not. Like before we hit record, we were talking about all the things you've done. Uh, big old goose egg. <laughs> that's okay. Um, yeah. Um, what are you going to do? I cracked down on, on dissertation stuff. So I did a lot of that this week, good this month. You. Um, not this week, not in the past week at all. <laughs> um, have not done a single work-related thing since like Wednesday, mm-hmm. but that's all right. We'll figure it out. It's fine. It'll be Semester's fine. Semester's coming to an end. Yeah, here. no, this is the very end of the semester. Um, I've been grading all morning, and uh, that's what I'm gonna do for the next three days. Oof, have fun. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. So, so that's that. Yeah. And if people, I'd be curious to know if people have read these, I'd like to know their opinions and yeah, I guess I'd like to know what other people read this month. Yeah. And like, I still would like to use social media to interact with (laughs) listeners. I do want to, would you honestly? Yeah. Like that brings me at least some kind of purpose. Yes. It's not just like, look at my friend's breakfast, but like if people have questions about books and the podcast and the store, like I am happy to talk about that stuff because that is useful yeah um so do let let me know um if you want to follow us and ask us on social media we're at a study in chris at annie b jones 05 you can find us or just on the store instagram instagram at bookshelf tville is a production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It's produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on today's episode, you can do so at bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. Thank you, as always, to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel from their album Forlorn Strangers. Learn more at forlornstrangers.com. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch on Patreon and gain access to exclusive bonus content, much of which is going live today, um, you can do so at patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. We've got new stuff like an Unpopular Opinions, our monthly podcast where we talk about stuff, um, a new segment called What Annie Didn't Finish, where you'll get to learn what Annie didn't finish reading this month, um, and some bonus episodes like a recent interview with Southern author Christy Woodson Harvey. You can also check out our website at fromthefrontportpodcast.com for web-only content and a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened. So I was not physically present for this, but we have an older customer. You've met him, Mm -hmm. Al. Al comes in about once a week. He's 82 years old. He's adorable. We all love him. Um, He buys out-of-print books on, like, big bands and (laughs) jazz and... 
uh, old Hollywood, and he's just a delight. He has brought us flowers to thank us. He bought Olivia a ginormous lollipop. Uh, like he just mm -hmm. is really- I saw a picture <laughs> of that, it was adorable. He's just delightful. But we also know like the background of Al's love life. Mm -hmm. And recently, oh. while he was in here, two other women were in here and he like interacted with them in a friendly, kind way. And then he left and as he was leaving, the two women looked at Olivia and they were like, who's that? And so she was able oh to tell them. My. And so we're so excited because what if a meet cute happens at the bookshelf? I bet that's happened before. I know, but I want to know about mm, it. I see. Well. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed and we will update you <laughs> we'll on this story. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week.